four, but by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave them this, the uh, gift of speaking in tongues, and they spoke in a different foreign language. So when people talk about speaking in tongues in this particular camp, they're talking about being able to speak in another language that you've never spoken in before so that people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. And they believe that that's what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about speaking in tongues. Now, again, there's a lot of variations. Remember that there's a lot of variations of this. But the second camp is the heavenly language camp. And this particular camp believes that people are given the spiritual gift of tongues to be able to speak the language of heaven. Not an earthly language, but the language of heaven, the language of angels, the language of the Holy Spirit. That it has a different cadence to it, it has a different rhythm to it, it has uh, different words to it. It's like no other earthly language. And they believe that people are given this gift today in 2019. And so there are churches, there are denominations that practice this, that you will go there and you will hear all sorts of different kind of uh, language or sounds coming out of their mouths that are, are, are just different. If you've never heard it before, it, it'll kind of freak you out the first time, <laughs> to be honest, right? So there's some people who believe that, that they give it in 2019. Now, there is a group within them, a variant within them, that believe that if you don't speak in tongues, that you are not a true follower of Jesus Christ, which is not biblical. It is not, okay? Then there's the third group, and the third group are the sign gifts ceased group. And what they basically say is, is that when uh, the uh, apostles died, when Paul and Peter and John and Matthew, sounds like a 60s rock band, when, when they died, the spiritual gifts, the sign gifts died with them, and they are no longer given in 2019. So those are the three groups. Now here's the main point that sometimes gets missed in all of the arguments and all of the debates. In the Bible, when it's listed that there were miracles, when there were uh, healings, when there were people speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues, all of those were signs. They were signs that Jesus is the Son of God. They are signs that Jesus is God in the flesh. They are signs that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They were signs that there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved but Jesus Christ. They were signs. So I don't know which camp you fall in today, but even if you fall into the camp that those spiritual gifts don't exist in 2019, you must recognize that God does still speak to his church. The Holy Spirit still communicates his good and perfect and pleasing will to his followers and to his church. And even if you don't believe that the spiritual gift of miracles were given to specific individuals today, you have to admit that God still has the power to work miracles today. God still has that power. He has not given that up. 
And even if you don't believe that people, specific people, get the spiritual gift of healing, you have to agree that people still are healed today in Jesus' name. I know I've seen it myself several times. Several years ago, um, what is it, 30 years ago, when I first became a pastor, I was um, a youth pastor in this large church. I was uh, leading the youth, and we had one youth, and his name was Andy Hyatt. His picture is going to come up on the screen. Andy Hyatt was, um, uh, let's just say that extra grace was required with Andy. Uh, we lived in the north, but in the south, you'd say, Andy's a mess. He, 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 he's just a mess. Well, Andy got this, this headache, and they were debilitating headaches, the kind of headaches that keep you in bed headaches. And so they took him to, um, to do all the scans and so forth, and they came back with the news that he had cancer right here. Not in the brain, but in the skull bone surrounding the brain. And it was pressing in on the, can on the brain, the cancer was, and so it was causing him to have these terrible headaches. The medical community did their thing, right? They, they did all of the interventions they could do. They did surgery and so forth, took out a portion of the skull and, and so forth. But in the end, they said there was nothing more they could do. He was going to die from his cancer. He was terminal. One night, Andy was in his room, and he was praying for another kid in my youth group, a guy by the name of Joe. He was praying for Joe because Joe was going through some difficult times, and Andy said that all of a sudden, a strange light filled the room, and a warmth started going through his body and through his brain, and he knew that he was healed immediately. So he started calling people calling them and telling them about what he had just experienced and that he was healed from his cancer. He even called his youth pastor, me. And I did not believe him. Because up to that point, I had been visiting Andy and the cancer and, the, and pushing in on the brain, he was saying some pretty weird things. He wasn't very coherent at times and said some pretty off-the-wall things. And so now I hear that he says he's healed, and I hadn't experienced that personally firsthand. And to my shame, I didn't believe him. And I started thinking through as a pastor, how can I help Andy come to grips with his own death that's upcoming? <laughs> well, you already know the rest of the story because I already hinted to it. He went to the doctors. They did all the scans. The doctors were astonished had no explanation for where the cancer went to. It was completely gone because God still heals today. So even though you may believe that the spiritual gifts being given to specific individuals has ceased, God still speaks to his church directly he still speaks to his believers directly. He still works miracles in the world. He still works healings in the world today. So let me give you some takeaways that we can use to go from here. The first takeaway, when you seek healing, 
Seek God's will above all else. Seek God's will above all else. In my experience over the years, I have noticed that those who pray for healing for themselves and pray for healings for someone that they love who is sick or disabled, too many times come at it from the wrong perspective. They come at it with a life-limited perspective. What I mean by that is, is that they believe that the best life that you're ever going to live is from the time that you were breathing your first breath when you were born to when you breathe your last breath when you die. That this is the best that life can get. And so they pray fervently for healing because they're missing out on the best that life can get. But the Bible very clearly teaches that life is eternal. That there is life after death. And for those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, who have not crossed the line of faith, the Bible is very clear about this. It begs, it pleads. That this is the best of life that you're going to get if you're not a believer. Because after death, there is eternal life in hell. But for those who have crossed the line of faith, for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord, this isn't the best that life can get. There is life after death. There is life eternal. And that life eternal is in heaven. And I'll tell you what, that is what keeps me going every day. That's what encourages me. Because for almost 25 years now, I've been praying for healing for a specific person. My wife, Jill. Jill has a disease that is now called fibromyalgia. Now, I know some people think that's a disease that's made up, think it's a disease that uh, is in a person's mind and if they just had right counseling, it would go away and all that kind of stuff. But I've seen it firsthand in my wife, Jill. She experiences pain all of the time. She says there's always pain there. It's just sometimes it's worse than others, and sometimes it is debilitating when she goes through those fibro moments. We call them cloudy days. That's what we started calling it with the kids when they were little because my son Trevor has never known his mom without fibromyalgia. We just call them cloudy days. Sometimes she gets this fibro fog where she doesn't quite think clearly. I'm not saying that she's weird or strange or anything like that. Please believe me, I did not say that. Do not tell her I said that. <laughs> but she just has a hard time thinking. It's all slowed down and has a hard time with it. I've been praying for 25 years for her to be healed. And I'm telling you, I, maybe as a pastor I should have this all worked out but I do not understand God's healing. I, I, I don't understand why he heals some people, but not all people. I don't, it, it, that is still a mystery to me. For years, I've been trying to find patterns, you know? 
well, well, if we did this or if we did that, and oh, look at that, this person did dot, 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 so maybe if we did dot, 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 then she would get the healing. She's been prayed over by many different people, been prayed for by many different people. So where we've come to it today, 25 years, in the 25 years, is that sometimes we just say to each other, someday heaven. Someday heaven. In fact, she found a figurine, and I next day went and bought it. It's this figurine. A woman or an angel with her arms straight up in the air. When Jill raises her arms in the air, she hurts like this. Although, you'll see her up here playing keyboard, and she'll have her hands up in the air. Which, by the way, I don't know how you could play keyboard with one of your hands up here. It's a miracle. <laughs> Miraculous powers. Right? But she still raises her hands, but we talk about the day when she will be healed. When she will be healed of her fibromyalgia, and she will be able to lift her arms without any pain as she praises her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, who have crossed that line of faith someday, maybe on this side of death, but definitely on the next side of death, you will see her with her arms in the air without any pain, praising the Lord Jesus, because he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has come to save. He is the one who will bring healing. And in heaven, my friends, there is no fibromyalgia. In heaven, there is no cancer. There is no mental illness. There is no grief. There is no sickness. There is no disability. In heaven, all will be healed and raising their hands in praise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. You can praise him. The last takeaway is this. Beware of seeking miracles or miraculous signs in order to believe. When I was at college, um, I was in a lot of history classes because that was my minor, and another guy was taking it as his major. And so we were in a lot of classes together. And he didn't believe in God at all. And so we had a lot of spiritual conversations. And he kept telling me, the bottom line always was, if I could just see a miracle, then I would believe. If I just saw a miracle, then I would believe. In fact, one time he came to me and he said, I saw my miracle. I said, you did? Tell me about it. He goes, well, I went to a garage, so garage sale and I saw the Book of Mormon laying on the table and that was my miracle that I know now God believes. I said, no. No, the Book of Mormon was not your sign. <laughs> that is a whole nother deal, a whole nother sermon. So we kept staying with him, and then um, he ended up going to the same graduate school that I did. He was, I went into seminary, he became a lawyer. And so we stayed together through that time and kept talking with one another. And he kept saying, if I just see a miracle then I believe. Friends, Jesus performed all sorts of healings 
and miraculous powers and people saw them, but not everyone believed. Just because you see a miracle doesn't mean you're going to believe. In fact, this is what Jesus said to the generation. He said, this is a wicked and, we got it? This, nope, I guess we missed that scripture, I'm sorry. This is a wicked generation and asks for a sign, but none will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. Now what does Jonah have to do with Jesus? Jonah, long story short, was a prophet of God who was told to go to Nineveh, and he said, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm not going to follow you, God. So he got on a ship trying to run from God, and he was head towards Spain. In the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, a terrible storm came up about to sink the ship, and Jonah knew that it was God. So he goes to the crew and the captain, he says, you've got to throw me overboard because I'm the reason for this storm, and you're all going to die if you don't throw me overboard. And they said, oh, we can't do that, we can't do that. Finally, he convinced them, you better do it. So they threw him overboard, and the storm stopped, and they were able to sail on to where they were going, and Jonah was left in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. The Bible then says that a large fish, it doesn't say whale, a large fish, and if I say whale, it's because I learned it all the way through when I was a kid. A large fish came and swallowed him, and he spent three days in the belly of the whale. <laughs> fish! Large fish. The fish then vomited him up on the shore, and Jonah went and preached the Ninevites like he was supposed to do. Now, what does that have to do with Jesus? On Friday, Jesus was crucified. He was taken off of the cross and put into the belly of the tomb. Friday night, he was dead, lifeless, in the belly of the tomb. All day Saturday, Jesus was in the belly of the tomb, dead and lifeless. Early, early Sunday morning, Jesus was dead, lifeless, in the belly of the tomb. But then, the stone started moving. The stone started moving, and it moved away from the tomb, opening up the tomb to reveal that the grave claws that had been wrapped around his body were now folded neatly at the end of his bed, and that Jesus, the one who was once dead, was now alive. The one who was once dead is now resurrected. He is alive. Praise God. Jesus says, do you need a sign? Here's your sign. <laughs> I was dead, and now I'm alive. And I live forevermore as I sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. There's the sign. So if you are an unbeliever, I just plead with you. I plead with you to investigate that sign, the resurrection. I plead with you to, to, to learn about it, to read about it, because, my friends, 
there is so much evidence to believe, to have faith that Jesus once was dead and now in life and now is a sign that he indeed is the Son of God. He indeed is God in the flesh. He indeed is the way, the truth, and the life. He indeed is the only way to the Father. Come to him today, I pray. If you would, please take out your connection cards and turn them over to the back. There's some next steps that I want to encourage you to take. The first is, is I encourage you to investigate the sign of Jesus' resurrection. One of my favorite books, it's getting old now, but still a great book, is The Case for Christ. I encourage you to check that out if you want to investigate Jesus' resurrection. Secondly, commit to praying for healing for someone. Who is that? Put their name down and we'll join you. Then pray for salvation for someone, that they'll cross the line of faith. Put that name down and we'll pray with you. I will investigate how to discover God's will. Um, you will see that I wrote a book about that, but look, it's not about me selling books. Go get other books that talk about how to discover God's will. There's a lot of good ones out there. I read them. Read them. It's more about him than it is about anything about one particular individual. And then today, you're going to be given the opportunity to pray to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord for the first time. If you do that, I encourage you to check that box. So let's do that now. Let's go to prayer and seek him out. Almighty God, I thank you for the sign of Jonah. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the sign of the resurrection. And I thank you, Lord, that you are alive today to bless us and to lead us and guide us and convict us. That you do all of those things out of your love. I pray now, God, for those who are not believers, who have not crossed the line of faith, and I pray, Almighty God, that you will hear us now as we pray. And believe, unbelievers, I pray that what you'll do is, is pray these sentences after me silently. Pray this. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. Jesus, I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, I believe that you are the only way to heaven. I put my trust in you. Please forgive me for my sins. Please free me from my guilt. I promise to follow you as my Savior and Lord for the rest of my life. Please give me the strength to do so. Friend, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, the sincere heart, not just going through the motions, the Bible says that you've crossed the line of faith.
that you are now a believer in Jesus Christ. You have room to grow. We all have room to grow. But you have taken that step, that important step, and now the trajectory of your life is no longer headed towards hell. It is headed towards heaven. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for the healings that you've already done in this church and pray that there would be more healings in this church. I thank you for miracles that are coming in this church. I thank you for the way that you communicate your good and perfect will to us as individuals and as a church. And I pray, Almighty God, that it will be all to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.